the Bible evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit there is much controversy today as regards the genuineness of this Pentecostal work, but there is nothing so convincing as the fact that over 15 years ago a revival on Holy Ghost lines began and has never ceased. You will find that in every clime throughout the world God has poured out His Spirit in a remarkable way in a line parallel with the glorious revival that inaugurated the church of the first century. People, who could not understand what God was doing when He kept them concentrated in prayer, wondered as these days were being brought about by the Holy Ghost, and found themselves in exactly the same place and entering into an identical experience as the Apostles on the day of Pentecost. Our Lord Jesus said to His disciples, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, until ye be endued with power from on high, Luke 24:49. God promised through the prophet Joel, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my Spirit. As there is a widespread misconception concerning this receiving of the Holy Spirit, I believe the Lord would have us examine the scriptures on this subject. You know, beloved, it had to be something on the line of solid facts to move me. I was as certain as possible that I had received the Holy Ghost, and was absolutely rigid in this conviction. When this Pentecostal outpouring began in England I went to Sunderland and met with the people who had assembled for the purpose of receiving the Holy Ghost. I was continually in those meetings causing disturbances until the people wished I had never come. They said that I was disturbing the whole conditions. But I was hungry and thirsty for God, and had gone to Sunderland because I heard that God was pouring out His Spirit in a new way. I heard that God had now visited his people, had manifested his power and that people were speaking in tongues as on the day of Pentecost. When I got to this place I said, I cannot understand this meeting. I have left a meeting in Bradford all on fire for God. The fire fell last night and we were all laid out under the power of God. I have come here for tongues, and I don't hear them I don't hear anything. Oh! They said, when you get baptized with the Holy Ghost you will speak in tongues. Oh, is that it? said I, when the presence of God came upon me, my tongue was loosened, and really I felt as I went in the open air to preach that I had a new tongue. I know, they said, that is not it. What is it, then? I asked. They said, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, I am baptized, I interjected and there is no one here who can persuade me that I am not baptized. So I was up against them arid they were up against me. I remember a man getting up and saying, you know, brothers and sisters, I was here three weeks and then the Lord baptized me with the Holy Ghost and I began to speak with other tongues. I said, let us hear it. That's what I'm here for. But he would not talk in tongues. I was doing what others are doing today confusing the twelfth of I Corinthians with the second of Acts. These two chapters deal with different things, one with the gifts of the Spirit, and the other with the baptism of the Spirit with the accompanying sign. I did not understand this and so I said to the man, let's hear you speak in tongues. But he could not. He had not received the gift of tongues, but the baptism. As the days passed I became more and more hungry. 
I had opposed the meeting so much, but the Lord was gracious, and I shall ever remember that last day the day I was to leave. God was with me so much that last night. They were to have a meeting and I went, but I could not rest. I went to the vicarage, and there in the library I said to Mrs. Body, I cannot rest any longer, I must have these tongues. She replied, Brother Wigglesworth, it is not the tongues you need but the baptism. If you will allow God to baptize you, the other will be all right. My dear sister, I know I am baptized, I said. You know that I have to leave here at four o'clock. Please lay hands on me that I may receive the tongues. She rose up and laid her hands on me and the fire fell. I said, the fire's falling. Then came a persistent knock at the door, and she had to go out. That was the best thing that could have happened, for I was alone with God. Then he gave me a revelation. Oh, it was wonderful. He showed me an empty cross and Jesus glorified. I do thank God that the cross is empty, that Christ is no more on the cross. It was there that he bore the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, and now, there he is in the glory. Then I saw that God had purified me. It seemed that God gave me a new vision, and I saw a perfect being within me with mouth open, saying, Clean el clean. Clean. When I began to repeat it I found myself speaking in other tongues. The joy was so great that when I came to utter it my tongue failed and I began to worship God in other tongues as the Spirit gave me utterance. It was all as beautiful and peaceful as when Jesus said, Peace, be still. And the tranquility of that moment and the joy surpassed anything I had ever known up to that moment. But, hallelujah these days have grown with greater, mightier, more wonderful divine manifestations and power. That was but the beginning. There is no end to this kind of beginning. You will never get an end to the Holy Ghost till you are landed in the glory till you are right in the presence of God forever. And even then W.E. shall ever be conscious of his presence. What had I received? I had received the Bible evidence. This Bible evidence is wonderful to me. I knew I had received the very evidence of the Spirit's incoming that the Apostles received on the day of Pentecost. I knew that everything I had had up to that time was in the nature of an anointing bringing me in line with God in preparation, but now I knew I had the biblical baptism in the Spirit. It had the backing of the Scriptures. You are always right when you have the backing of the Scriptures and you are never right if you have not a foundation for your testimony in the Word of God. For many years I have thrown out a challenge to any person who can prove to me that he has a baptism without speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance to prove it by the word that he has been baptized in the Holy Ghost without the Bible evidence, but so far no one has accepted the challenge. I only say this because so many were as I was. They have a rigid idea that they have received the baptism without the Bible evidence. The Lord Jesus wants those who preach the word to have the word in evidence. Don't be misled by anything else. Have a Bible proof for all you have, and then you will be in a place where no man can move you. I was so full of joy that I wired home to say that I had received the Holy Ghost. As soon as I got home, my boy came running up to me and said, Father, 
Have you received the Holy Ghost? I said, Yes, my boy. He said, Let's hear you speak in tongues. But I could not. Why? I had received the baptism in the Spirit with the speaking in tongues as the Bible evidence according to Acts 2, 4, and had not received the gift of tongues according to 1 Corinthians 12. I had received the giver of all gifts. At some time later when I was helping some souls to seek and receive the baptism of the Spirit, God gave me the gift of tongues so that I could speak at any time. I could speak, but will not, no never. I must allow the Holy Ghost to use the gift. It should be so, so that we shall have divine utterances only by the Spirit. I would be very sorry to use a gift, but the giver has all power to use the whole nine gifts. I want to take you to the scriptures to prove my position. There are businessmen here, and they know that in cases of law, where there are two clear witnesses they could win a case before any judge in Australia. On the clear evidence of two witnesses any judge will give a verdict. What has God given us? Three clear witnesses on the baptism in the Holy Spirit more than are necessary in law courts. The first is in Acts 2, 4, they were all filled with tile Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Here we have the original pattern. And God gave to Peter an eternal word that couples this experience with the promise that went before. This is that. And God wants you to have that nothing less than that. He wants you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit according to this original Pentecostal pattern. In Acts 10 we have another witness. Peter is in the house of Cornelius. Cornelius had had a vision of a holy angel and had sent for Peter. A person said to me one day, you don't admit that I am filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost. Why, I was ten days and ten nights on my back before the Lord and he was flooding my soul with joy. I said, praise the Lord, sister, that was only the beginning. The disciples were tarrying that time, and they were still, and the mighty power of God fell upon them then and the Bible tells what happened when the power fell. And that was just what happened in the house of Cornelius. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. What convinced these prejudiced Jews that the Holy Ghost had come? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. There was no other way for them to know. This evidence could not be contradicted. It is the Bible evidence. We have heard two witnesses, and that is sufficient to satisfy the world. But God goes one better. Let us look at Acts 19, 6, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. These Ephesians received the identical Bible evidence as the apostles at the beginning and they prophesied in addition. Three times the scriptures show us this evidence of the baptism in the Spirit. I do not magnify tongues. No, by God's grace, I magnify the giver of tongues. And I magnify above all him whom the Holy Ghost has come to reveal to us, the Lord Jesus Christ. He it is who sends the Holy Spirit and I magnify him because he makes no difference between us and those at the beginning. But what are tongues for? Look at the second verse of 1 Cor. 
14 and you will see a very blessed truth. Oh, hallelujah. Have you been there, beloved? I tell you, God wants to take you there. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. It goes on to say, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Enter into the promises of God. It is your inheritance. You will do more in one year if you are really filled with the Holy Ghost than you could do in fifty years apart from Him. What it means to be full of the Spirit. In the days when the number of disciples began to be multiplied they developed a situation which caused the twelve to make a definite decision not to occupy themselves with serving tables, but to give themselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. How important it is for all God's ministers to be continually in prayer, and constantly feeding on the scriptures of truth. I often offer a reward to anyone who can catch me anywhere without my Bible or my testament. None of you can be strong in God unless you are diligently and constantly hearkening to what God has to say to you through his word. You cannot know the power and the nature of God unless you partake of his inbreathed word. Read it at morn and at night and at every opportunity you get. After every meal, instead of indulging in unprofitable conversation round the table, read a chapter from the Word and then have a season of prayer. I endeavor to make a point of doing this no matter where or with whom I am staying. The psalmist said that he had hid God's Word in his heart, that he might not sin against him. And you will find that the more of God's Word you hide in your heart, the easier it is to live a holy life. He also testified that God's word led quickened him. And, as you receive God's word into your being, your whole physical being will be quickened and you will be made strong. As you receive with meekness the word, you will find faith upspringing within. And you will have life through the word. The twelve told the rest to look out seven men to look after the business end of things. They were to be men of honest report and filled with the Holy Ghost. These were just ordinary men who were chosen, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and this infilling always lifts a man to a plane above the ordinary. It does not take a cultured or a learned man to fill a position in God's church. What God requires is a yielded, consecrated, holy life, and he can make of such a flame of fire. Baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. The multitude chose out seven men to serve tables. They were doubtless faithful in their appointed tasks, but we see that God soon had a better choice for two of them. Philip was so full of the Holy Ghost that he could have a revival wherever God put him down. Man chose him to serve tables, but God chose him to win souls. Oh, if I could only stir you up to see that as you are faithful in performing the humblest office, God can fill you with his spirit and make you a chosen vessel for himself and promote you to a place of mighty ministry in the salvation of souls and in the healing of the sick. There is nothing impossible to a man filled with the Holy Ghost. It is beyond all human comprehension. When you are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, God will wonderfully work wherever you go. When you are filled with the Spirit you will know the voice of God. I want to give you an illustration of this. When I was going out to Australia recently, our boat stopped at Aden and at Bombay. In the first place the people came round the ship selling their wares, 
beautiful carpets and all sorts of oriental things. There was one man selling some ostrich feathers. As I was looking over the side of the ship watching the trading, a gentleman said to me, would you go shares with me in buying that bunch of feathers? What did I want with feathers? I had no use for such things and no room for them either. But the gentleman put the question to me again, will you go shares with me in buying that bunch? The Spirit of God said to me, do it. The feathers were sold to us for three pounds, and the gentleman said, I have no money on me, but if you will pay the man for them, I will send the cash down to you by the purser. I paid for the feathers and gave the gentleman his share. He was traveling first, and I was traveling second class. I said to him, no, please don't give that money to the purser, I want you to bring it to me personally to my cabin. I said to the Lord, what about these feathers? He showed me that he had a purpose in my purchasing them. At about ten o'clock the gentleman came to my cabin and said, I've brought the money. I said to him, it is not your money that I want, it is your soul that I am seeking for God. Right there he opened up the whole plan of his life and began to seek God. And that morning he wept his way through to God's salvation. You have no conception what God can do through you when you are filled with his spirit. Every day and every hour you can have the divine leading of God. To be filled with the Holy Ghost means much in every way. I have seen some who have been suffering for years, and when they have been filled with the Holy Ghost everything of their sickness has passed away. The Spirit of God has made real to them the life of Jesus and they have been completely liberated of every sickness and infirmity. Look at Stephen. He was just an ordinary man chosen to serve tables. But the Holy Ghost was in him and he was full of faith and power, and did great wonders and miracles among the people. There was no resisting the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. How important it is that every man shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. Tongues and interpretation, the divine will is that you should be filled with God for the power of the Spirit to fill you with the mightiness of God. There is nothing God will withhold from a man filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to impress the importance of this upon you. It is not healing that I am presenting to you it is the living Christ. It is a glorious fact that the Son of God came down to bring liberty to the captives. How is it that the moment you are filled with the Holy Ghost persecution starts? It was so with the Lord Jesus himself. We do not read of any persecutions before the Holy Spirit came down like a dove upon him. Shortly after this we find that, after preaching in his hometown, they wanted to throw him over the brow of a hill. It was the same with the twelve disciples. They had no persecution before the day of Pentecost. But after they were filled with the Spirit, they were soon in prison. The devil and the priests of religion will always get stirred when a man is filled with the Spirit and does things in the power of the Spirit. And persecution is the greatest blessing to a church. When we have persecution we will have purity. If you desire to be filled with the Spirit you can count on one thing, and that is persecution. The Lord came to bring division, and even in your own household you may find three against two. The Lord Jesus came to bring peace and soon after you get peace within, you get persecution without. If you remain stationary, the devil and his agents will not disturb you much. 
but when you press on and go the whole length with God the enemy has you as a target. But God will vindicate you in the midst of the whole thing. At a meeting I was holding, the Lord was working and many were being healed. A man saw what was taking place and remarked, I'd like to try this thing. He came up for prayer and told me that his body was broken in two places. I laid my hands on him in the name of the Lord, and said to him, Now, you believe God. The next night he was at meeting and he got up like a lion. He said, I want to tell you people that this man here is deceiving you. He laid his hands on me last night for rapture in two places, but I am not a bit better. I stopped him and said, You are healed, your trouble is that you won't believe it. He was at meeting the next night and when there was opportunity for testimony this man arose. He said, I am a mason by trade. Today I was working with a laborer and he had to put a big stone in place. I helped him and did not feel any pain. I said to myself, how have I done it? I went away to a place where I could strip, and found that I was healed. I told the people, last night this man was against the word of God, but now he believes it. It is true that these signs shall follow them that believe, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And all through the power that is in the name of Christ. It is the Spirit who has come to reveal the word of God, and to make it spirit and life to us. You people who are seeking the baptism are entering a place where you will have persecution. Your best friends will leave you or those you may esteem your best friends. No good friend will ever leave you. But it is worthwhile. You enter into a realm of illumination, or revelation by the power of the Holy Ghost. He reveals the preciousness and the power of the blood of Christ. I find by the revelation of the Spirit that there is not one thing in me that the blood does not cleanse. I find that God sanctifies me by the blood and reveals that efficacy of the work by the Spirit. Stephen was just an ordinary man clothed with the divine. He was full of faith and power, and great wonders and miracles were wrought by him. Oh, this life in the Holy Ghost! This life of deep, inward revelation! of transformation from one state to another, of growing in grace and in all knowledge and in the power of the Spirit, the life and the mind of Christ being renewed in you, and of constant revelations of the might of His power. It is the only kind of thing that will enable us to stand. In this life, the Lord puts you in all sorts of places, and then reveals His power. I had been preaching in New York, and sailed one day for England on the Lusitania. As soon as I got on board I went down to my cabin. Two men were there, and one of them said, Well, will I do for company? He took out a bottle and poured out a glass of whiskey and drank it, and then he filled it up for me. I never touch that stuff, I said. How can you live without it? He asked. How could I live with it? I asked. He admitted, I have been under the influence of this stuff for months and they say my inside is all shriveled up, and I know that I am dying. I wish I could be delivered, but I just have to keep on drinking. Oh, if I could only be delivered. My father died in England and has given me his fortune, but what would the good of it be to me except to hasten me to my grave? I said to this man, say the word, and you will be delivered. He inquired, what do you mean? I said, say the word show that you are willing to be delivered and God will deliver you. 
but it was just as if I was talking to this platform for all the comprehension he showed. I said to him, Stand still, and I laid my hands on his head in the name of Jesus and cursed that drink demon that was taking his life. He cried out, I am free. I'm free. I know I'm free. He took two bottles of whiskey and threw them overboard, and God saved, sobered and healed him. I was preaching all the way across. He sat beside me at the table. Previous to this he had not been able to eat. But at every meal he went right through the menu. You only have to have a touch from Jesus to have a good time. The power of God is just the same today. To me, he's lovely. To me, he's saving health. To me, he's the lily of the valley. Oh this blessed Nazaren, this king of kings. Hallelujah. Will you let him have your will? Will you let him have you? If you will, all his power is at your disposal. They were not able to resist the wisdom and spirit by which Stephen spake, and so, full of rage, they brought him to the council. And God filled his face with a ray of heaven's light. It is worth being filled with the spirit, no matter what it costs. Read the seventh chapter, the mighty prophetic utterance by this holy man. Without fear he tells them, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. And when they heard these things they were cut to the heart. There are two ways of being affected at the heart. Here they gnashed their teeth and cast him out of the city and stoned him. On the day of Pentecost, when they were pricked at the heart they cried out, What shall we do? They took the opposite way. The devil, if he can have his way, will cause you to commit murder. If Jesus has his way, you will repent. And Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, and saw the glory of God, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Oh, this being full of the Holy Ghost! How much it means! I was riding for sixty miles one summer day and as I looked up in the heavens I had an open vision of Jesus all the way. It takes the Holy Ghost to give this. Stephen cried out, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. As he was full of the Spirit he was full of love, and he manifested the very same compassion for his enemies that Jesus did at Calvary. This being filled with the Holy Ghost means much in every way. It means constant filling, quickening, and a new life continually. Oh, it's lovely. We have a wonderful gospel and a great Saviour. If you will but be filled with the Holy Ghost you will have a constant spring within, yea, as your faith centers in the Lord Jesus, from within you shall flow rivers of living water. What are spiritual gifts? In 1 Cor. 12, 1 we read, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. There is a great weakness in the Church of Christ because of an awful ignorance concerning the Spirit of God and the gifts He has come to bring. God would have us powerful on all lines because of the revelation of the knowledge of his will concerning the power and manifestation of his spirit. He would have us ever hungry to receive more and more of his spirit. In times past I have arranged many conventions, and I have found that it is better to have a man on my platform who has not received the baptism but who is hungry for all that God has for him than a man who has received the baptism and is satisfied and has settled down and become stationary and stagnant. 
but of course I would prefer a man that is baptized with the Holy Ghost and is still hungry for more of God. A man who is not hungry to receive more of God is out of order in any convention. It is impossible to overestimate the importance of being filled with the Spirit. It is impossible for us to meet the conditions of the day, to walk in the light as he is in the light, to subdue kingdoms and work righteousness and bind the power of Satan unless we are filled with the Holy Ghost. We read that in the early church they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. It is important for us also to continue steadfastly in these same things. For some years I was associated with the Plymouth Brethren. They are very strong on the word, and are sound on water baptism, and they do not neglect the breaking of bread service, but have it every Lord's Day morning as they had it in the early church. These people seem to have everything except the match. They have the wood, but they need the fire and then they would be all ablaze. Because they lack the fire of the Holy Spirit there is no life in their meetings. One young man who attended their meetings received the baptism with the speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. The brethren were very upset about this and came to the father and said to him, You must take your son aside and tell him to cease. They did not want any disturbance. The father told the son and said, My boy, I have been attending this church for twenty years and have never seen anything of this kind. We are established in the truth and do not want anything new. We won't have it. The son replied, If that is God's plan I would obey, but somehow or other I don't think it is. As they were going home the horse stood still. The wheels were in deep ruts. The father pulled at the reins but the horse did not move. He asked, What do you think is up? The son answered, It has got established. God save us from becoming stationary. God would have us to understand concerning spiritual gifts and to covet earnestly the best gifts, and also to enter into the more excellent way of the fruit of the Spirit. We must beseech God for these gifts. It is a serious thing to have the baptism and yet be stationary. To live two days in succession on the same spiritual plane is a tragedy. We must be willing to deny ourselves everything to receive the revelation of God's truth and to receive the fullness of the Spirit. Only that will satisfy God, and nothing less must satisfy us. A young Russian received the Holy Spirit and was mightily endued with power from on high. Some sisters were anxious to know the secret of his power. The secret of his power was continuous waiting upon God. As the Holy Ghost filled him it seemed as though every breath became a prayer and so all his ministry was on an increasing line. I know a man who was full of the Holy Ghost and would preach only when he knew that he was mightily unctionized by the power of God. He was asked to preach at a Methodist church. He was staying at the minister's house and he said, You go on to church and I will follow. The place was packed with people and this man did not turn up and the Methodist minister, becoming anxious, sent his little girl to inquire why he did not come. As she came to the bedroom door she heard him crying out three times, I will not go. She went back and reported that she heard the man say three times that he would not go. The minister was troubled about it, but almost immediately after this the man came in, and, as he preached that night, the power of God was tremendously manifested. 
The preacher asked him, Why did you tell my daughter that you were not coming? He answered, I know when I am filled. I am an ordinary man and I told the Lord that I dared not go and would not go until he gave me a fresh filling of the Spirit. The moment the glory filled me and overflowed I came to the meeting. Yes, there is a power, a blessings, an assurance, a rest in the presence of the Holy Ghost. You can feel his presence and know that he is with you. You need not spend an hour without this inner knowledge of his holy presence. With his power upon you there can be no failure. You are above par all the time. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. This is the Gentile day. When the Jews refused the blessings of God he scattered them, and he has grafted the Gentiles into the olive tree where the Jews were broken off. There never has been a time when God has been so favorable to a people who were not a people. He has brought in the Gentiles to carry out his purpose of preaching the gospel to all nations and to receive the power of the Holy Ghost to accomplish this task. It is of the mercy of God that he has turned to the Gentiles and made us partakers of all the blessings that belong to the Jews. And here under this canopy of glory, because we believe, we get all the blessings of faithful Abraham. Wherefore I give you to understand, that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. There are many evil, deceiving spirits sent forth in these last days who endeavor to rob Jesus of his Lordship and of his rightful place. Many are opening the doors to these latest devils, such as new theology and new thought and Christian science. These evil cults deny the fundamental truths of God's word. They all deny eternal punishment and all deny the deity of Jesus Christ. You will never see the baptism of the Holy Ghost come upon a man who accepts these errors. Neither will you see a Romanist receive. They put Mary in the place of the Holy Ghost. I would like you to produce a Romanist who knows that he is saved. No man can know he is saved by works. If you ever speak to a Romanist you will know that he is not definite on the line of the new birth. He cannot be. Another thing, you will never find a Russellite baptized in the Holy Ghost, nor a member of any other cult that does not put the Lord Jesus Christ preeminent above all. The all-important thing is to make Jesus Lord. Men can grow lopsided by emphasizing the truth of divine healing. Man can get wrong by all the time preaching on water baptism. But we never go wrong in exalting the Lord Jesus Christ, giving him the preeminent place and magnifying him as both Lord and Christ, yes, as very God of very God. As we are filled with the Holy Ghost our one desire is to magnify him. We need to be filled with the Spirit to get the full revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's command is for us to be filled with the Spirit. We are no good if we have only a full cup. We need to have an overflowing cup all the time. It is a tragedy not to live in the fullness of overflowing. See that you never live below the overflowing tide. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. Every manifestation of the Spirit is given that we might profit with all. When the Holy Spirit is moving in an assembly and His gifts are in operation, everyone will receive profit. I have seen some who have been terribly switched. They believe in gifts, in prophecy, 
and they use these gifts apart from the power of the Holy Ghost. We must look to the Holy Spirit to show us the use of the gifts, what they are for, and when to use them, so that we may never use them without the power of the Holy Ghost. I do not know of anything which is so awful today as people using a gift without the power. Never do it God save us from doing it. A man who is filled with the Holy Ghost, while he may not be conscious of having any gift of the Spirit, can have the gifts made manifest through him. I have gone to many places to help and have found that under the unction of the Holy Spirit many wonderful things have happened in the midst when the glory of the Lord was upon the people. Any man who is filled with God and filled with his Spirit might at any mo have any of the nine gifts made manifest through him without knowing that he has a gift. Sometimes I have wondered whether it was better to be always full of the Holy Ghost and to see signs and wonders and miracles without any consciousness of possessing a gift or whether it was better to know one has a gift. If you have received the gifts of the Spirit and they have been blessed, you should never under any circumstances use them without the power of God upon you pressing the gift through. Some have used the prophetic gift without the holy touch and they have come into the realm of the natural, and it has brought ruin, caused dissatisfaction, broken hearts, upset assemblies. Do not seek the gifts unless you are purposed to abide in the Holy Spirit. They should be manifested only in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord will allow you to be very drunk in His presence, but sober among people. I like to see people so filled with the Spirit that they are drunk like the 120 on the day of Pentecost, but I don't like to see people drunk in the wrong place. That is what troubles us, somebody being drunk in a place of worship where a lot of people come in that know nothing about the Word. If you allow yourself to be drunk there you send people away. They look at you instead of seeing God. They condemn the whole thing because you have not been sober at the right time. Paul writes, for whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause, to core. 513. You can be beside yourself. You can go a bit further than being drunk. You can dance, if you will do it at the right time. So many things are commendable when all the people are in the spirit. Many things are very foolish if the people round about you are not in the spirit. We must be careful not to have a good time at the expense of somebody else. When you have a good time you must see that the spiritual conditions in the place lend themselves to help you and that the people are falling in line with you. Then you will find it always a blessing. While it is right to covet earnestly the best gifts, you must recognize that the all-important thing is to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost himself. You will never have trouble with people who are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, but you will have a lot of trouble with people who have the gifts and have no power. The Lord wants us to come behind in no gift, but at the same time he wants us to be so filled with the Holy Ghost that it will be the Holy Spirit manifesting himself through the gifts. Where the glory of God alone is desired you can look for every needed gift to be made manifest. To glorify God is better than to idolize gifts. We prefer the Spirit of God to any gift. But we can look for the Trinity in manifestation, different gifts by the same Spirit, different administrations but the same Lord, diversities of operation but the same God working all in all. 
Can you conceive of what it will mean for our triune God to be manifesting himself in his fullness in our assemblies? Watch that great locomotive boiler as it is filled with steam. You can see the engine letting off some of the steam as it remains stationary. It looks as though the whole thing might burst. You can see saints like that. They start to scream, but that is not to edification. But when the locomotive moves on, it serves the purpose for which it was built, and pulls along much traffic with it. It is wonderful to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, and for Him to serve His own purposes through us. Through our lips divine utterances flow, our hearts rejoice and our tongue is glad. It is an inward power within which is manifested in outward expression. Jesus Christ is glorified. As your faith in Him is quickened, from within you there will flow rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit will pour through you like a great river of life and thousands will be blessed because you are a yielded channel through whom the Spirit may flow. The most important thing, the one thing that counts, is to see that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, filled to overflowing. Anything less than this is displeasing to God. We are commanded by God to be filled with the Spirit, and in the measure you fail of this you are that far short of the plan of God. The Lord would have us moving on from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from fullness to overflowing. It is not good for us to be ever thinking in the past tense, but we should be moving on to the place where we dare believe God. He has declared that after the Holy Ghost is come upon us we shall have power. I believe there is an avalanche of power from God to be apprehended if we will but catch the vision. Paul wrote at one time, I will now come to visions and revelations. God has put us in a place where he expects us to have his latest revelation, the revelation of the marvelous fact, Christ in U.S., and what this really means. We can apprehend Christ fully only as we are filled and overflowing with the Spirit of God. Our only safeguard from dropping back into our natural mind from which we can never get anything, is to be filled and yet filled again with the Spirit of God and to be taken on to visions and revelations on a new line. The reason why I emphasize the importance of the fullness of the Holy Ghost is that I want to get you beyond all human plans and thoughts into the fullness of vision, into the full revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you want rest? It is in Jesus. Do you want to be saved from everything the devil is bringing up in these last times? Receive and continue in the fullness of the Holy Ghost, and he will be ever revealing to you that all you need for all times is in Christ Jesus your Lord. I desire to emphasize the importance of the Spirit's ministration and of the manifestation of the Spirit which is given to every man to profit with all. As you yield to the Spirit of the Lord he has power over your intellect, over your heart, and over your voice. The Holy Spirit has power to unveil Christ and to project the vision of Christ upon the canvas of your mind, and then he uses your tongue to glorify and magnify him in a way that you could never do apart from the Spirit's power. Never say that when you are filled with the Holy Ghost you are obliged to do this or that. When people say that they are obliged to do this or that I know it is not the Spirit of God but their own spirit moving them on to do that which is unseemly and unprofitable. Lots of people spoil meetings because they scream. If you want to do that kind of thing you had better get into some cellar. That is not to edification. I believe that, 
when the Spirit of God is upon you and moving you to speak as he gives utterance, it will always be to edification. But don't spoil the prayer meeting because when you ought to stop you go on. Who spoils the prayer meeting? The man who starts in the spirit and finishes in the flesh. Nothing is more lovely than prayer, but a prayer meeting is killed if you will go on and on in your own spirit when the Spirit of God is through with you. You say as you come from some meetings, that was a lovely message if the preacher only had stopped half an hour before he did. Learn to cease immediately the unction of the Spirit lift. The Holy Ghost is jealous. Your body is the temple, the office of the Holy Ghost, but he does not fill the temple for human glorification, but only for the glory of God. You have no license to continue beyond that thus saith the Lord. There is another side to this. God would have the assembly as free as possible, and you must not put your hand upon the working of the Spirit or it will surely bring trouble. You must be prepared to allow a certain amount of extravagance in young and newly baptized souls. You must remember that when you were brought into this life of the Spirit you had as many extravagances as anybody, but you have now become somewhat sobered down. It is a pity that some do get sobered down, for they are not where they were in the early days. We have to look to God for wisdom that we do not interfere or dampen the spirit or quench the power of God when lies manifested in our meetings. If you want to have an assembly full of life you must have an assembly full of manifestation. Nobody will come if there is no manifestation. We need to look to God for special grace that we do not move back to looking at things from a natural viewpoint. The preacher, after he loses his unction, should inwardly repent and get right with God and get the unction back. We are no good without the unction of the Spirit of God. If you are filled with the grace of God you will not be judging everybody in the assembly, you will rather be trusting everybody, you will not be frightened at what is being done, you will have a heart to believe all things, and to believe that though there may be some extravagances, the Spirit of God will take control of things and will see that the Lord Jesus Christ himself is exalted, glorified, and revealed to hungry hearts that desire to know him. The Lord would have us wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil, free from distrust, entering into a divine likeness to Jesus, that dares believe that God Almighty will surely watch over all. Hallelujah! The Holy Ghost is the one who magnifies the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who gives illumination of him. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, it is impossible to keep your tongue still. Talk about a dumb baptized soul. It is not to be found in the scriptures or outside of the scriptures. We are filled with the Spirit in order that we may magnify the Lord, and there should be no meeting in which the saints do not glorify, magnify, praise and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. I would like to give one word of caution, for failure often comes through our not recognizing the fact that we are always in the body. We will need our bodies as long as we live. But our body is to be used and controlled by the Spirit of God. We are to present our bodies, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Every member of our body must be so sanctified that it works in harmony with the Spirit of God. Our very eyes must be sanctified. God hates the winking of the eye. Front the day that I read in the Proverbs what God had to say about the winking of the eye. Prove. 6.13 and 10.10 10. I have never winked.
I desire that my eyes may be so sanctified that they can always be used for the Lord. The Spirit of God will bring within us a compassion for souls that will be seen in our very eyes. God has never changed the order of things that first, there comes the natural, and then the spiritual. For instance, when it is on your heart to pray, you begin in the natural and your second word will probably be under the power of the Spirit. You begin and God will end. It is the same in giving forth utterances under the Spirit's power. You feel the moving of the Spirit within and you begin to speak and the Spirit of God will give forth utterance. Thousands have missed wonderful blessings because they have not had faith to move out and begin in the natural, in faith that the Lord would take them into the realm of the supernatural. When you receive the Holy Ghost you receive God's gift, in whom are all the gifts of the Spirit. Paul counsels Timothy to stir up the gift that was within. You have power to stir up God's executive within you. The way you stir up the gift within you is by beginning in faith, and then he gives forth what is needed for the occasion. You would never begin unless you were full of God. When we yield to timidity and fear we simply yield to Satan. Satan. Whispers, it is all self. He is a liar. I have learned this. If the Spirit of God is stirring me up, I have no hesitation in beginning to speak in tongues, and the Spirit of God gives me utterance and gives me the interpretation. I find that every time I yield to the Lord on this line I get a divine touch, I get a leading thought from the Spirit of God and the meeting is moved up on the line of faith. You attend a meeting in faith, believing that the Lord is going to meet you there. But perhaps the evangelist is not in harmony with God. The people in the assembly are not getting what God wants. The Lord knows it. He knows his people are hungry. What happens? He will take perhaps the smallest vessels and put his power upon them. As they yield to the Spirit they break forth in a tongue. Another yields to the Spirit and there comes forth the interpretation. The Lord's church has to be fed and the Lord will take this means of speaking to his people. Pentecostal people cannot be satisfied with the natural message. They are in touch with heavenly things and cannot be satisfied with anything less. They feel when there is something lacking in a meeting, and they look to God and he supplies that which is lacking. When a man is filled with the Spirit he has no conception of what he has. We are so limited in our conception of what we have received. The only way we can know the power that has been given is through the ministration and manifestation of the Spirit of God. Do you think that Peter and John knew what they had when they went up to the temple to pray? They were limited in thought, and limited in their expression. The nearer we get to God the more conscious we are of the poverty of the human and we cry with Isaiah, I am undone, I am unclean. But the Lord will bring the precious blood and the flaming coals for cleansing and refining and send us out to labor for him empowered by his spirit. God has sent forth this outpouring that we may all be brought into a revelation of our sonship, that we are sons of God, men of power, that we are to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are to have the powers of sonship, the power to lay hold of that which is weak and to quicken it. The baptism of the Spirit is to make us sons of God with power. We shall be conscious of our human limits, but we shall not limit the Holy One who has come to dwell within. We must believe that since the Holy Ghost has come upon us we are indeed sons of God with power.
Never say that you can't. All things are possible to them that believe. Launch out into the deep and believe that God has his all for you, and that you can do all things through him who, strengthens you. Peter and John knew that they had been in the upper room, they had felt the glory, they had been given divine utterances. They had seen conviction on the people. They knew that they had come into a wonderful thing. They know that what they had would be ever increasing and that it would be ever needful to cry, enlarge the vessel that the Holy Ghost may have more room within. They knew that all the old things were moved away and they had entered into an increasing and ever increasing knowledge of God, and that it was their master's wish that they should be filled with the Spirit of God and with power every day and every hour. The secret of power is the unveiling of Christ, the all-powerful one within the revelation of God who comes to abide within us. As they looked upon the crippled man at the beautiful gate they were filled with compassion. They were prompted by the Spirit to stop and speak with him. They said to the lame man, Look on us. It was God's plan that the man should open his eyes with expectation. Peter said, Of silver and gold we have none. But we have something and we will give it to you. We don't know what it is, but we give it to you. It is all in the name of Jesus. And then began the ministry of God. You begin in faith and you see what will happen. It is bidden from us at the beginning, but as we have faith in God he will come forth. The coming forth of the power is not of us but of God. There is no limit to what he will do. It is all in a nutshell as you believe God. And so Peter said, Such as I have I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk. And the man who had been in that way for forty years stood up, and began to leap, and entered into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. I want you to keep in mind the importance of never expecting the gifts of the Spirit apart from the power of the Spirit. In coveting the best gifts, covet to be so full of God and his glory that the gifts in manifestation will always glorify him. We do not know all and we cannot know all that can be brought forth in the manifestation of the word of wisdom. One word of wisdom from God, one flash of light on the word of God, is sufficient to save us from a thousand pitfalls. People have built without a word from God, they have bought things without a word from God, and they have been ensnared. They have lacked a word of wisdom which will bring them into God's plan for their lives. I have been in many places where I have needed a word of wisdom from God and this has been vouchsafed. I will give you one instance. There is one thing I am very grateful to the Lord for, and that is that he has given me grace not to have a desire for money. The love of money is a great hindrance to many and many a man is crippled in his ministry because he lets his heart run after financial matters. I was walking out one day when I met a godly man who lived opposite me and he said, My wife and I have been talking together about selling our house and we feel constrained to sell it to you. As we talked together he persuaded me to buy his place, and before we said goodbye I told him that I would take it. We always make big mistakes when we are in a hurry. I told my wife what I had promised, and she said, how will you manage it? I told her that I had managed things so far, but I did not know how I was going to get through this. I somehow knew that I was out of divine order. 
but when a fellow gets out of divine order it seems that the last person he goes to is God. I was relying on an architect to help me, but that scheme fell through. I turned to my relations and I certainly had a wet shirt as one after another turned me down. I tried my friends and managed no better. My wife said to me, Thou hast never been to God yet. What could I do? I have a certain place in our house where I go to pray. I have been there very often. As I went I said, Lord, if you will get me out of this scrape, I will never trouble thee on this line again. As I waited on the Lord he just gave me one word. It seemed a ridiculous thing, but it was the wisest counsel. There is divine wisdom in every word he speaks. I came down to my wife, saying, What do you think? The Lord has told me to go to Brother Webster. I said, It seems very ridiculous, for he is one of the poorest men I know. He was the poorest man I knew, but he was also the richest man I knew, for he knew God. My wife said, Do what God says, and it will be right. I went off at once to see him, and he said as he greeted me, Smith, what brings you so early? I answered, The word of God. I said to him, About three weeks ago I promised to buy a house of a man, and I am short one hundred pounds, five hundred dollars. I have tried to get this money, but somehow I seem to have missed God. How is it, he asked, that you have come to me only now? I answered, Because I went to the Lord about it only last night. Well, he said, it is a strange thing. Three weeks ago I had one hundred pounds. For years I have been putting money into a cooperative system and three weeks ago I had to go and draw one hundred pounds out. I hid it under the mattress. Come with me and you shall have it. Take it. I hope it will bring as great a blessing to you as it has been a trouble to me. I had had a word from God, and all my troubles were ended. This has been multiplied in a hundred ways since that time. If I had been walking along filled with the Holy Ghost, I would not leave bought that house and would not have had all that train. I believe the Lord wants to loose us from things of earth. But I am ever grateful for that word from God. There have been times in my life when I have been in great crises and under great weight of intercession. I have gone to the meeting without the knowledge of what I would say, but somehow or other God would vouchsafe the coming forth under the power of the spirit of some word of wisdom, just what some souls in that meeting needed. As we look to God his mind will be made known, and his revelation and his word of wisdom will be forthcoming. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth Jesus as Lord, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, Romans 10, 9. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living, Romans 14, 9.